Lord God, give us rain and a little luck and we'll do the rest. Amen. Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Uh, that music this morning, I am unfamiliar with. Uh, you will have to kind of break down what that is because uh, you had already had it set before we started recording, and uh, I'm, 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 I'm interested in finding out what it's about. Derek, that is the theme music to the hit show on Paramount Plus. I guess Paramount Plus or USA or something like that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Yellowstone, just okay. a, yes, a huge, yes. massive hit right now. It uh, came back on Sunday night, so two nights ago, two-hour season premiere. A lot of fun. If you don't like Yellowstone or don't watch Yellowstone, it may be something that you uh, would enjoy. I'm a big Kevin Costner fan, Derek. He, uh, as he's gotten older, he kind of reminds me quite a bit of my dad. So, uh, you know, minus the uh, you know money and fame, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but there are certain things he does or says or the way he talks sometimes reminds me of my dad. So that's definitely one reason I like the show. But you know, it's got a little bit of everything that you like. It's got money and land. I guess it'd kind of be more of a Dallas or something, mm-hmm. you know, type situation um, with, um, you know, sometimes they have to have gunfights and different stuff like that. So, um, you know, just Dodge Ram trucks flying everywhere and stuff God. like that. So, I mean, it's it, look, it's a really good show. I thoroughly enjoy it. Glad to have it back. And I know we have a lot of listeners on here, especially Derek. You would love the soundtrack, the soundtrack to the Yellowstone. You need to go on Spotify and just go on the Yellowstone. I could do that. I could do that actually on the way home. Oh, uh, it's phenomenal. Do that. And then, uh, I, you know, I know that's set out in Montana. I uh, yep. love Montana. You know, if I, if I hit that lottery, I'm going to have a, a house somewhere on a lake in Montana. Uh, for the summer times, but that's a, a beautiful setting. And of course, at one point, Kevin Costner did hold the minor league record for home runs. Okay, that's true. That in is a true. different movie. Yeah, Crash Davis. <laughs> Crash Davis did hold that. So, uh, big Kevin Costner fan. I mean, full love of the game. Of course, he played what three baseball movies? At least, uh, at least three baseball movies. Uh, but just a great actor and somebody that I grew up enjoying watching. I mean, he was kind of our generation of, of movie star with you know Harrison Ford and those. Uh, type of people so again uh, it's something i probably need to pick up i just hadn't done it yet well i think it's something like i said that you would probably enjoy uh you know the main character john dutton he owns i mean he's the largest landholder in the entire state of montana uh just you know kind of a powerful type situation one of those- i'm pretty sure that, you know that really was at one point was ted turner yeah, that could sound right. I think Ted Turner did own okay. like most of the land. Like, well, the majority, I guess, or had the largest land holdings in Montana was Ted Turner at one point. Yeah, so, I mean, you know how it is with shows nowadays. It can get a little bit outlandish, but I, I really enjoy the settings and stuff like that. Look, it's worth tuning in just to watch what Kevin Costner wears. I kind of researched that. Some of his, his – uh, <laughs> no, seriously, his clothes, the designer for him, everything he wears, you would think, because I've looked like, hey, what brand is this shirt he's wearing or something? Nope, all all designed by the designer for him. Not Wrangler. For him. Not Wrangler. No, and that's what I was looking. I was like, I was surprised by that, but that's probably coming. Do not be surprised if you see Kevin Costner. No, 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 no. Don't be surprised if you see. And I, I told Heather on Sunday night, how in the world is there not a Dodge Ram Yellowstone edition? Oh, that will be oh, coming. Yeah, yeah. That will absolutely uh, yes. be coming. Watch the show and you'll see what I mean. It's set in Montana. Beautiful houses, beautiful homes, beautiful setting. And if you're looking for a new setting, new place for your family in DeSoto County, you need to reach out to our 2021 presenting sponsor, the best real estate team in DeSoto County by far. I'm speaking of Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Brian and Terry and their team possess over 65 years of combined real estate experience. 
They have been the number one team in DeSoto County for residential real estate for the last 12 years. They have over 25,000 closings on the buying or selling side of residential real estate, ranked nationally as a top-performing real estate team. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available to you whenever you need them. Now's a great time to list your home in DeSoto County, and they are currently offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. They simply need your address. They can tell you all about your home, the value of it, what's going on in your neighborhood, how long things are staying on the market close to you, how long until they close. Brian and Terry have all the analytics that you would want from a real estate team in this hot DeSoto County market. Give them a call at 662-449-1700 or call Brian's cell phone, 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. Or find more information about Brian and Terry at teamcouch.com. Again, that's teamcouch.com. Thank you, Brian and Terry, for continuing to believe in the UTW podcast. Want to continue to thank our 2021 studio sponsor, the How to Barbecue Right Shop. How to Barbecue Right Shop is located right here in Hernando at 496 Whitfield Drive. This store has everything a person needs for barbecue, crawfish, and any other kind of outdoor cooking. Whether it's rubs, sauces, thermometers, cast iron, cutting boards, knives, or some really cool high-end smokers, Malcolm's Shop is your place to go. If you've ever seen his How to Barbecue Right cooking videos, you need to stop by his shop today. Find more info on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm Shop. Give him a call at 912-9947. That's 912-9947. Look at his website, howtobbqright.com. That's howtobbqright.com. But the best thing to do is to swing by the How to Barbecue Right shop located at 496 Whitfield Drive right here under the water tower. Derek, I had two people mention to me in the Grove this past weekend that their favorite part of the UTW podcast is our words from the weekend. I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to. I continue to have to ask you to spell the <laughs> words that you continue to think. I, I think it's kind of weird. Um, somebody actually mentioned to me the words that you use are kind of like college graduate, and I'm more of a middle school kid. So go ahead, give me your word from the weekend. Matt, my word for the weekend is camaraderie. Camaraderie. Okay, spell that for me. Camaraderie. Oh, you're going to make me spell it. Uh, C A M A. R-A-D-E-R-I-E. Okay. Uh, I hope that's right. The camaraderie, uh, this is a, a word that means brotherhood. It means companionship. It's camaraderie because over the weekend I was able to attend uh, a, a football game, which ended up being my son's last football game. We'll talk about that in sports. And so just seeing the camaraderie of the, of the guys after the game, the younger guys really come up to the seniors, you know, the seniors not wanting to leave the field, just, I mean, some heartbreaking stuff. But, again, we'll cover that in football. So I saw that. And then, you know, kind of went down to Oxford on Saturday. I watched another football game. I uh, spent a lot of time um, there with my daughter. Uh, and so just shared some time, one-on-one time with her. Uh, she went with a game with me uh, for the first time, I think, that we've ever gone to a game by ourselves. And so that was enjoyable. Uh, just spent some time, and we were able to watch, you know, just another two teams. And you kind of – I mean, we're Ole Miss fans, so I'm not going to sit there and get all disgusting on Ole Miss talk. But we're down several players, uh, how other players are picking each other up and being able to watch that. And then um, just kind of going on to Sunday, uh, man, my brother and I are setting up plans for next weekend. And just, you know, having the the – bonding time we, we had a good talk on Sunday and just really enjoyed you know kind of visiting with him and and sharing that time um and then also just watching Bo uh, get with some of his friends over the weekend after the game and so just camaraderie just just the uh, brotherhood and just seeing how well not only you know football teams but how everybody you know in this town comes together uh it, it'll really be shown this weekend I'm gonna unfortunately miss 
uh, the Christmas open house this weekend, but there'll be a lot of that going on this weekend. But just a word that kind of came to me when I really thought about it Friday night and then could apply it, you know, maybe not as deep in other parts of the uh, of the weekend, but really was a word that stuck with me after Friday night. Yeah, Derek, a special time. Again, a bittersweet time for the Big Lane family with Bo's last high school football game. I know he posted a couple things on Instagram over the weekend, uh, which was very heartfelt, and, and it is a big thing. I've told you that numerous times, certainly here on the show. Uh, my favorite part was the bus rides and the practices and the opportunities in the locker room to, you know, get to know people better and stuff like that. Friends that are people that are friends of mine to this day, you know, definitely a, a, a big deal. Well, Derek, mine's going to be, again, a little simpler. Uh, if you ask me to spell mine, I can do that. I think my six year old <laughs> can spell. My, my word's going to be time, T I M E. Very simple, Derek. Uh, going to take a couple of seconds to complain about the stupidity that is still. Daylight savings time. Oh, yes, yes, okay. It is absolutely the dumbest thing. All right, so real quick, and we don't need to talk about political stuff, but Joe Biden's approval rating right now is about 38%, mm-hmm. okay, our President Joe Biden. If he were to come out and say we're going to end <laughs> daylight savings time, his approval rating would increase. It, it, it would yeah. increase. It is so frustrating, and it makes no sense. I saw over the weekend 70% of Americans are fed up with daylight savings time, and they're just like, hey, man, this just needs to go away. Well, this Be is done with this it. is the proper time. So this is the time that this we would stay. This is the time, in. right? This so is the don't, time. And we'll what you're saying is, okay, now we're back here. Don't spring forward. It, ever it makes again. no sense. Right. It, it really. It, I've seen it was done because of farmers. Then I heard it was done because of the railroads. At, at one point, I think there were over 130 time zones across America. Really. Yeah, I knew. You know, obviously Indiana still has it. I believe uh, half observe it or not half. There's there are certain counties right. in Indiana that do not observe daylight savings. Right. Certain counties in Arizona yep. that do not. And I was actually caught in that because we when we drove out to Arizona two summers ago. It, there were as you drove through counties, you would have to set your clock forward back because it depends on where you were in yeah, Arizona, sure. what what time it was, or how many you know hours you were behind, or you know Central Time based on what we're normal yeah. to, right? So it's a uh, very I'm okay confusing. with time zones. I'm yeah. okay with time. That makes total sense however the back and forth the spring forward all that kind of stuff it just makes no sense there's no place for it now it makes no sense it gets dark at you know 4:45 in the afternoon you know right now i mean it's just it makes no sense so time's going to be my word i want to encourage the podcast listeners the word time has something to do with the freaky friday play that the kids are putting on at the hernando uh performing arts center let me tell you the times real quick on that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Hernando Theater Department is doing Freaky Friday the Musical at 7 o'clock. They will have the final show this coming Sunday at 2 o'clock, a 2 o'clock matinee that, that will wrap up Freaky Friday. It's really, really good. Uh, Derek, I think you and your family would really enjoy it. If you can hear our voice, it's definitely something probably, let's just say middle school and up. Middle school and up would probably be the age group that needs to go to this. But Freaky Friday the musical, very enjoyable. Uh, the two leading young ladies were very good. Obviously, if you know anything about Freaky Friday, they kind of swap souls or parts or something, you know, that type of stuff, lives or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so that's what the Freaky Friday is all about. So really enjoyable. So get out there. But the word time does have something to do with Freaky Friday. You'll see what I mean if you'll go see the play. Students get in for five dollars. Parents get in for ten bucks. It is worth every penny. Really, really good job by the Hernando Theater Department putting on Freaky Friday again. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, seven o'clock. Sunday, 2 o'clock matinee to wrap up. If you have the opportunity to go see it coming up uh, this week, please, please, please get out and support those young people. Just a really good thing. So, Derek, let's turn our attention now. A really good thing happened down in Love area. Some big news actually just came for the community of Love. What you got? 
All right, so Love, of course, incorporates the Cedar Hill Farms is in right. the Love community. So those of y'all that may be new to here, Love is just south of town. It is a community, kind of like Nesbitt. It's unincorporated, obviously, but it is a community. It has its own volunteer fire department, and that volunteer fire department has been making steps since 2017 and has uh, done everything necessary to improve the fire rating uh, for the people who live in the community of love from seventh class to sixth class, which helps uh, their, their insurance. So the insurance has gone up from seventh to sixth class. And again, this is just a community with a volunteer fire department. I think now they're up to four uh, employees of the fire department that go that actually Full-time work Full-time employees. Full-time employees yeah. that are on a 24-7 shift. Matt, they handled, have handled 2,000 emergency calls uh, since 2017, and they average less than seven minutes response time. Wow. And again, this is out in the county. These are not, you know, these, these houses aren't next door to each other. Uh, and so, we, you know, this is a, a great thing, being able to, to lower that. And the grading process is 40% based on water availability. So how quick can you get to water? How good is the water? That sort of thing. And so the, uh, the chief down there, Chief Witt, uh, he credits the Belmont Water Association with helping with the water access. And so, and also he gives some credit to the marshal's office for enforcing fire codes in the area. So again, we want to congratulate uh, the, the Love Fire Department. We want to congratulate uh, Chief Witt and also the, uh, the employees there and all the ones that help uh, in a volunteer basis when needed uh, in the Love Fire Department to, for helping to lower the rating because there there's a lot of movement in people buying houses, buying land, you know, two and three acres, maybe up to 10 acres down there. And, and of course, Cedar Hill Farm itself being kind of a, a little central spot for that community. So congratulations to them and, and uh, being able to achieve that. You know, Derek, you, uh, you love to hear that information. You do love to hear that. <laughs> That's my uh, pun of the day or joke of the day for real. I know it's kind of, a, kind of cheesy. But anyway, hey, look, something else going on. The state of Mississippi, uh, you know, Derek, it's really, really interesting. And all the negative stuff, all the negative talk or whatever about the state of Mississippi, man, right now uh, the state of Mississippi, when it comes to revenue, is rocking and rolling. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Yeah, the October report from the Joint Legislative Budget Committee shows that Mississippi state revenues have continued to go upwards. Uh, for the month of October itself, but just for the month of October uh, of this year, that was 55 or 50, right at 56 million or 10.58% above the original estimate for October. And for year to date, the fiscal year to date total revenue collections through October 21st are 160 million, which is 7.75% above prior year's collection and 16.42% above what they had estimated uh, starting July 1st. Again, the, the year fiscal year runs July 1st, the June uh, 30th for the year. So the first four months of the year, they're 16.42% above the signed die estimate. Um, now, every the general fund was up 8%. The sales tax collection was up about $16 million. Individual income tax collections were up $33 million. The one area that went down uh, was corporate collection. So everybody, individuals are paying their taxes. Right now, the businesses aren't quite paying their taxes. Uh, they were down uh, below prior year by $4.2 million. They are now currently above, about 16% above estimates for the first four months of the year. Derek, I own a couple of corporations in the state of Mississippi, and uh, you know, um, I, I certainly don't enjoy paying my taxes. Yeah. I'm, I may be a part of that. I don't necessarily know. Let me add, you're in banking and stuff. You guys have to watch all this kind of stuff. So you know, with all the negative talk and, and job talk and all this kind of stuff, I mean, we are still most of the, you know, in a, in a pandemic. And I would say the, the state of Mississippi has, has come out of it more aggressively, maybe than other states and stuff like that. How are the records? Like, how's that going? How's that, how are we doing that? 
first of all, you could say maybe they set their uh, numbers conservatively. Okay. Now we, we would expect oh, to be over. Yeah, we would expect to be over last year, right? Because right. I mean, twenty twenty right. was terrible. Twenty twenty one should be over, or this is now the fiscal year of twenty twenty two. It should be over fall of twenty twenty one, just because we were still kind of locked down in certain areas, and I think that you know a second wave was coming through last fall that people kind of nervous about. So we did expect that. So year over year is expected. I think what the uh, I think what they've done is they probably budgeted a little lower conservatively. Now they have to have a balanced budget but they were saying okay well we're coming out of a pandemic not quite sure where we are we see what the nation's doing we know we've got this federal money over here that we have yet to uh, allocate anywhere let's make sure let's set it kind of low to make sure and we're just we're either having a good year or having a really great year, it's, it's kind of hard to compare it because I mean you would have to go maybe go back to like a eighteen or a seventeen or eighteen to kind of see. And I don't have that comparison to see. Okay, how does this year? We expect it to still be up because I mean DeSoto County is growing every day, sure. uh, helping the sales tax. DeSoto County is growing every day to help with the you know state, uh, the city and property taxes. That again, people are moving here, having individual taxes moving in every day, so you're, they're paying more individual tax into the state. So you do expect those things to go up. I, I, I am a little confused about the corporate uh, taxes i don't know if it's a timing issue uh you know a lot of the stuff is due october 15th you know for certain uh you know corporations who have extended their taxes both federally and state that may be an issue it may be okay they maybe they filed on the 15th and they're paying 30 days later so maybe november will kind of be a catch-up we'll see uh but it is uh, i think right now it may be a, a case of us doing very well coming out of the pandemic but also maybe them setting the budget a little lower than they maybe they could have Derek, we'll segue uh, using what you just uh, mentioned. You mentioned the word federal money. You mentioned the word federal money. Since last Friday, uh, big things happening in the House of Representatives in Washington, D.C. We don't necessarily talk a lot about national politics. So that's not something we, we mention on our show very often. However, this definitely has uh, some trickle down to the state of Mississippi. And that's what we're going to talk about. I'm speaking about the $1.2 trillion. That's what it's been talked about. And maybe it's more. I mean, we can go from there. Uh, one, they say a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill that passed last Friday. Tell us about that and how it affects, from what you can tell, the state of Mississippi. It did pass. Now, it was a lot of wrangling for the last, basically since August. It had passed the Senate in August, and it wasn't really Republicans holding it up. It was the Democrats amongst themselves, the progressives and the moderates, kind of fighting what should be included, what should not be included. We're not going to pass this one unless you let us pass the next one type thing. So there was a lot of back and forth with that. Uh, they well, real quick, what they were saying, you got the infrastructure bill, then yeah. you have what some would say – kind of a social structuring bill that's still out there, which is several trillion dollars. Um, they were kind of, the progressives were kind of saying, Hey, we're not going to vote for this unless you agree to that. That's so right. that's what they're going back and forth and back and forth on that. So, uh, but it did pass on Friday. So go ahead. All right. So, and it did pass. Uh, there was some, I mean, there was a slight bipartisanship. There were 13 Republicans that did uh, vote yes for this bill. Uh, without those 13, it would not have passed, which is, is interesting. Uh, there was 13. Uh, so there, there were six Democrats that voted no, 13 that voted yes. If that would have been reversed, the bill would not have passed. Um, so it was very close. Uh, 228 to 206, uh, it passed. Um, for the Mississippi, uh, Congressman Thompson and Senator, Wick, Senator Wickard supported the bill. So one of our House representatives supported it. One senator uh, supported it. And then the other three state congressmen uh, voted no. And then, of course, Senator Hyde Smith voted uh, also no. So, again, two voted for it from Mississippi, four voted against it. But it did pass. And 
the main thing I want to focus on is what it means for Mississippi. So you can, you know, have your political, you know, siding with this. You can decide this is, you know, a terrible waste of money. You can say this. Uh, there were a couple of Mississippi uh, representatives that did, you know, agree that, hey, this is something that would be good for Mississippi. And based on what has been passed, based on the percentages that Mississippi would get, this is what we should see from this bill once the president signed it, which I would imagine I didn't – Formally see it yesterday. I'm sure he signed it on Monday or maybe it's on his desk. I'm sure he's going to have a huge, um, you know, something this week, maybe today that will say, hey, you know, here's me signing this. But there's going to be $3.3 billion to improve highways and $225 million for bridge replacement and repairs over the next five years. $223 million over the next five years to improve public transportation options across the state. $51 million over five years to support the expansion of the EV charging network in the state for the electric cars. Uh, Mississippi will also have the uh, opportunity to apply for a $2.5 billion grant funding dedicated to EV charging in the bill. A minimum of $100 million to help provide broadband coverage across the state, including providing access to at least 531,000 Mississippians who currently lack it. 1,200,000 or 41% of the people in Mississippi will also be eligible for the affordability connectivity benefit, which will help low-income families afford internet access. So not only gets it to them, it helps them to be able to pay for it. 19 million over five years to protect against wildfires. 16 million to protect against cyber attacks. 429 million over five years to improve water infrastructure across the state and ensure that clean, safe drinking water is a right in all communities. And then finally, 99 million over five years to improve Mississippi's airports. 99 million, five years to improve our airports. Nineteen million dollars is that how is that Smokey the Bear's contract? That is Smokey. That's how much he is from Mississippi. Uh, help protect against wildfires. You know, this is something that we don't have near anything like what they have in California. Sure. Thank goodness. Um, but you know, I guess it may be. You know, the fire towers went the way a long time ago. They don't actually use those anymore. Uh, I'm surprised they hadn't torn them down yet. Uh, I'm not sure what that's for, to be honest. Uh, but there is nineteen million dollars. Nineteen million dollars for wildfires. <laughs> It's very interesting. I, I, that's um, you know, Derek. I mean, you're a banker. You're a conservative person. Uh, fairly conservative, definitely fiscally conservative. It seems like a lot of times government right now is just kind of grab your nose and and pass and vote. It's 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 really you know it is it's stuff that we can talk about. I mean, we you know you and I just I remember 20 years ago. You know, you and I were Dave Ramsey kind of listeners in college and stuff like that. You start looking at you know things that our kids and our kids and our kids are going to pay for, and you look up and it's like, man, we're talking about centuries. Oh, of, no, it's, of, it's, it's I mean, you know, the, 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 this is the CBO the, is supposed to has, you know, balances this and says whether or not you can afford it right now. They're saying this is about 250 billion over what will be collected is what they're saying right now. And, you know, and they're saying a quarter of a trillion dollars is not that big of a deal. Uh, it's <laughs> if that's the case, I'll take I'll, ta- I'll take one percent of that. If they want to hand that out to me, I'll take one percent of 250 billion. If that's not that big of a deal, um, it's I, I, you know, it's it's hard to see. I do understand, you know, our senators split. Senator Worker is looking at the fact, hey, we can get $3 billion for our roads. We can't get that. And if you've ever driven in Jackson, if you've ever driven from Jackson to Hattiesburg, uh, there are some very poor roads in Mississippi. Uh, DeSoto County is mostly blessed with our interstates uh, having good roads. But, I mean, in South Mississippi, there's a lot of bad roads. Our bridges, we know. I mean, Senatobia is going through one right now. So when you look at those numbers, except for outside of the wildfires and you know, cyber attacks. You can say what you want about that. I and mean, there may be some, there's, it, it is hard to look, to turn that down and to say, I'm going to vote no for this bill. But at the same time, uh, when you look at the total sticker price of 1.2 trillion, that, that makes my, makes my head hurt. 
Well, Derek, I think a lot of people um, are, you know, normal people, me and you right here in Hernando, Mississippi, we talk about Hernando, we talk about politics being local and stuff like that. But I mean, the inflated price tags of different projects and different things and stuff like that. I mean, you know, we see it. Some of the projects that we see, I mean, you know, when you're driving for construction or looking at the bridge being built in Coldwater, I mean, I think I counted the other day. It's like, it, there were 23 guys, mm-hmm. and I was counting really fast. There were 23 guys looking at something. I don't know what they were looking at, but 23 guys were looking at something. <laughs> I mean, I work by myself. I have my, my manager that works for me, and what, what she and I are able to pull off as a group of two is pretty interesting sometimes. But, you know, guys, stand, it's it's really amazing. I mean, like you said, it, it's uh, this is what – whether we like it or not, it's passed. The infrastructure bill is passed. Here's what the state of Mississippi is doing. I think, Derek, did you see anything on there? Twenty was it two hundred twenty four million for the Commerce Street and fifty five exit? Was that, not, is that well? I will say this: there, uh, <laughs> what did I say? Three, two, I bet three it speeds it up a little roads, bit. and it has two hundred and something million for bridges. So I bet, I bet it know, speeds it up a little bit. It, it can't hurt. Yeah, it can't hurt move it up the list. Now I'm, it may go from ten years to seven years. It can't hurt to move it up the list. Well, if you if you read Hernando Happenings, they would prefer they would like to spend two hundred seventeen million dollars on the red lights at fifty at uh, Mackinville and Green Tea. We talked about last week, but let me. Well, like you said, hey, this is what's happened. It has passed. The state of Mississippi is, is allocated and scheduled to receive this over the coming years or coming months. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting. And we'll definitely be here on the UTW podcast to update you and educate you on stuff like that. Podcast brought to you by DeSoto Family Dental Care. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants, implant-supported dentures, and Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, digital x-rays, autoclave sterilization, and intraoral cameras. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process from beginning to end. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today or give them a call at 662-429-5239. That's 429-5239. They are the official dentist of the UTW podcast. Please consider making them yours. Again, give them a visit their office today to see the DFDC difference. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419, again 662-892-8419, or visit them on their website, greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. Fall is here, which means leaves are 
everywhere, all over yards and gutters. If you need help with your leaf removal for your home, now is the time to give Richard and his team at Williams Services a call. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and so much more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. As I mentioned, now's the time to call Richard for leaf removal when it comes to your yard, your home, your commercial building, anything like that. Give Richard and his team a call at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Again, no job too small, no job too large. If Richard can't help you do it, he will find someone who can. He's the kind of guy that you want to work with. Give him a call again, 662-292-8855, or find more information on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. As we discussed on our Friday show, I would like to give a quick uh, spotlight on the DeSoto County Museum, which will be offering carriage rides This weekend, coming up for the Dickens of a Christmas, a beautiful, beautiful, wonderful weekend coming up in the city of Fernando, the DeSoto County Museum will be offering carriage rides all weekend long. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. We'll talk more about it on our Friday show, but our Tuesday show always consists of the DeSoto County Fact of the Week brought to us by the DeSoto County Museum. The DeSoto County Museum, located across the street from the Bancorp South on Commerce Street, open 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Again, 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Swing in, let Rob Long and his team show you around the DeSoto County Museum, a wonderful, wonderful asset right here under the water tower. Derek, this week's DeSoto County Fact of the Week consists of what? This week's Fact of the Week is about Spring Hill Cemetery, Matt. Spring Hill Cemetery in Hernando. Now, the Spring Hill Cemetery is located at the northwest corner of Robinson Gin and Oak Grove Road. Uh, so this is not the city cemetery. This is actually a, well, it was the original city cemetery. It's not the current city cemetery. Uh, so uh, Rob Wong provided us with this information. He provided both the historical fact about it and then also has a little uh, plug, a little ad at the end that I'm going to read. It will also be included uh, on our Friday show for a, one of the uh, upcoming events and shout outs. Spring Hill was established when the original plat for the town of Hernando was laid out. The Boston Land Company donated the land for the cemetery. Spring Hill Cemetery is located, again, at the northwest corner of College and Oak Grove Road in Hernando. And, of course, College becomes Robinson Gin. The cemetery was built on a hill with a spring behind it. That's how the name originated. It's one of the oldest cemeteries in DeSoto County. It consists of approximately five acres, and it belongs to the city of Hernando. The earliest recorded death in Spring Hill was Marion J. Payne, born November 14, 1830, and died May 24th of 1837, so a seven-year-old boy. He was a son of C.B. and J.S. Payne. C.B. Payne was the first sheriff of DeSoto County. Matt, here's a very interesting fact about the fact of the week. All of the graves in Spring Hill are faced to the east, so when the sun rises, they think that God is coming to see them. And so they want to make sure that they can face him as the sun's coming up. So real quick, when you say face, that means uh, feet are on the eastern side. Right. So, the, yeah, their headstone, like you're reading correct. the headstone. Yes. If you're facing west, reading the headstone. Yes. That's correct. I'm, I'm kind of flexing on you from the uh, group in the funeral business. Oh, in case you, you didn't know. Very nice. <laughs> I, 
All right, so the, the fact that goes along, so I guess the, the uh, current event happening at Spring Hill Cemetery, they're going to have a living history tour this Sunday night. So, again, we're going to recap all this on Friday, but you've got something Friday night, something one event all day Saturday, another event all day Sunday, and now you have something Sunday night. Again, four events happening this weekend in Hernando. Uh, so this Sunday night at the Spring Hill Cemetery, uh, it's in the dark then I have it in the dark in this historic cemetery, one of the oldest in DeSoto County, again, featuring the graves of DeSoto County's first sheriff, C.B. Payne, Hernando's first mayor, Andrew Satterfield, and many more souls who helped make Hernando what it is today. It will start at 6 p.m. There will be guided tours by lantern light, a bonfire, a weenie roast, and hot chocolate. So it's going to be great fun. Rob is really excited about this. It's going to be sponsored by the DeSoto County Museum and the Friends of the Spring Hill Cemetery. So again, this Sunday night, again, after everything else we'll talk about on Friday, they will have an event where you can, they'll do a kind of a walkthrough with a lantern telling you about some of the historical figures in the cemetery. A lot of a lot of Hernando residents that are listening to us right now, they're going to know Spring Hill Cemetery as the place where it has beautiful dandelions. That's right. All over the cemetery and definitely all over the side of the road. Uh, if you're going out to Oak Grove Elementary, you know that's that's where it's going to be. And the city's been doing dirt work out there. Remember, yeah. they did uh, they did about ninety thousand dollars worth of dirt sure. work they put out there to kind of uh, open up some more plots available also in that cemetery coming up. Yep. Thank you, Rob Long, for another wonderful DeSoto County fact of the week. We really really appreciate you always coming through for us and provide us with that information. DeSoto. County Museum open nine to five Tuesday through Saturday. Get by and let Rob and his team show you around the wonderful, wonderful exhibits all around the DeSoto County Museum. Uh, just many, many things. If, if you want to learn more about Hernando, Olive Branch, South Haven, all of DeSoto County, get by a wonderful, wonderful museum. Such an asset to us right here in DeSoto County. We really, really appreciate it. Derek, speaking of something else that has become an asset to the city of Hernando, the award-winning Hernando Dickens of a Christmas coming up this weekend. It will kick off this Friday at 6 o'clock, the annual Christmas tree lighting. We will give a shout-out every time we mention this Christmas tree lighting. Alder woman Natalie Lynch heavily involved in getting the most, in my opinion, the most beautiful Christmas tree in DeSoto County displayed right there on the historic Hernando Square. Absolutely beautiful. Six o'clock this Friday kicks everything off, followed by a family movie on the square. Then on Saturday, November 13th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., a special Hernando Christmas farmer's market. They will have the actual Dickens of a Christmas. They will have the Hernando Chamber of Commerce Christmas open house from 9 a.m. to 5. On Sunday will be the Hernando Chamber of Commerce Christmas open house. Tons of the shops, a lot of local shops are going to be open. They'll have Christmas specials. They'll really, really be putting their best foot forward this coming weekend. Don't forget, from 4 to 8 this coming Friday, there will be ice skating on the Hernando Square, right off the square, actually, on Panola Street, manned by the crew of Hernando. Not the official sponsor, Derek, but definitely eager to serve on, on Friday from 4 to 8. Get out. Uh, again, we joke around about the last couple of weeks. Um, I don't think we're going to be involved in the Zamboni. Really sad about that, but uh, it is what it is. But uh, really, really a neat thing that's coming. Uh, several sponsors got together, put together the money, over $10,000 raised to be able to have ice skating right off the square this coming Friday night from 4 to 8, and then on Saturday from 9 to 5. Really, really good project hernando dickens of a christmas again an award-winning event by the hernando main street chamber of commerce good luck this weekend we'll mention it again on our friday show but if you have if you do not have plans to come to hernando dickens of christmas change your plans get ready to come out this weekend right here in hernando the secret is out north point christian is the soto county's most popular private school destination 211 new students made the switch and became part of the north point family this year pushing their enrollment to record levels north point 
who just came off of their open house this past Sunday where they saw 23 families, will be hosting their next open house on Tuesday, December 7th at 6 p.m. Again, Tuesday, December 7th at 6 p.m. They encourage prospective families to come and see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. Interested families for Tuesday, December 7th, should reserve their spot today by contacting Director of Admissions, Ms. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127. Again, 662-349-5127. They invite you to get ready to make the switch and join the North Point family. Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local State Farm provider, is located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and longtime local resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for life, home, business, and auto. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam, Sherry, Angie, or Jennifer at 429-5213. That's 429-5213. Or find them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. Again, that's Lauderdale Insurance Agency located right across the street from the Hernando Post Office. Derek, before we turn our attention to our high school sports and and wrap up football, I want to remind all the listeners, this Thursday, from 10 a.m. to 11, the 5th Annual Hernando Veterans Parade will be held right here, the usual parade route right here in Hernando. This parade will feature nearly 200 of DeSoto County's honored veterans, historic automobiles, motorcycles, floats, Hernando Mayor Chip Johnson, high school bands from Hernando, Center Hill, Horn Lake, and Christian Brothers will all be there to perform. Again, that's going to be this Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. on Commerce Street right here in Hernando. Please, please, if you can hear our voice, consider getting out for the fifth annual Hernando Veterans Parade this Thursday, Veterans Day, right here in the great U.S. of A. Derek, let's turn our attention to high school football. Like I said, we'll wrap up for a couple of teams, but one more team will be playing for us. We can't wait to preview on Friday. You had a heck of a long day on Friday. Tell us all about the North Point Trojans traveled to Nashville. was not the result they hoped for, but just a great time right there in Nashville. What you got? Last Friday, we covered the Hernando and the Lewisburg games, which have been played on Thursday night. Uh, Lewisburg season ended on the last Thursday night, so we were done covering them. Uh, so we're now going to look at North Point. Uh, so on that clear, man, on Friday, that clear cold night uh, in Nashville Friday night, the North Point Trojans were looking to get the playoffs started right. And also, they were looking for their first playoff victory since 2015. Silverdale Academy came in with a record of 8-2, and two, but has struggled offensively in their last two games. And on film, it looked like the Trojans were lined up well against them. However, when the game kicked off, the Trojans were only able to muster one first down before having to punt, and the Seahawks subsequently marched down the field for a score, and this was an early indicator of the type of night it would be for the Trojans. By the end of the first quarter, it was 20 to nothing Seahawks with the help of an interception thrown by the Trojans. The Seahawks would go up 41 to nothing before the Trojans would finally score on a Jack Patterson to Darius Naylor pass in which Naylor bounced off two defenders and unmercifully stiff-armed two more for a 60-yard touchdown, probably the highlight of the night. The Trojans stopped the bleeding from being worse by getting an interception right at halftime in the end zone by Alex Wright. The Trojans and the Seahawks would trade scores in the third, with the Trojans scoring on a Jackson Thomason seven-yard rush, but the extra point was blocked, leaving the score at 48-13. to Patterson would then connect on another 60-yard TD, this time to Alex Wright, to pull within 48-20 to in the fourth, 
But that was as close as it would get as the Seahawks tack on one more in the last frame to make the final score 54-20. to The seniors for the Trojans stayed on the field for several minutes after the game, and they were emotional leaving the locker room and getting on the bus for the last time. You know, this was a great group of seniors who went uh, through an 0-10 season as freshmen and have helped bring the program back to 500 ball with the next two or three years looking pretty, to be pretty promising with the kids they've got coming up in basically 10th, 9th, and 8th grade. Matt, I, you know, I appreciate how you have supported my son and the Trojans this year with some of your picks. And I usually don't say much, you know, other than obviously being a homer and going five and six on my Trojan picks this year since <laughs> that was their final record. And I picked them to win every time. But I want to say that I, I'm proud of my son. I've enjoyed watching him play football over the last eight years uh, and one year before that, if you count flag football. You know, he's not the biggest, he's not the strongest or the fastest, but he has a big heart, never gave the coaches any trouble, and worked tirelessly to be the best center he could be probably the most thankless position on the field. I want to say I love you, Bo, and I will miss watching you play. That's awesome, Derek. Very well said. Now, let's take the dad hat off for a second. A little bit of um, hot knife through butter right there, my friend. Well, I mean, they were missing two defensive starters, and one of them was on the line, uh, probably the best defensive lineman. Were they sick, injured, or? No, uh, injured. Both, oh, injured, injured okay. Yeah. Both injured. So that was, you know, what you were thinking, okay, I was, again, I predicted, I predicted 49-42. Uh, wasn't far off on what Silverdale scored. I mean, we knew we were going to probably have trouble stopping them but you were one of those you know we hit the first three games of the year that's all north point did was swap scores and i we were thinking swap scores have a chance at the end type thing but it was there was a lot there's i really don't know what to attribute it to that the other team was more aggressive uh they were no bigger than we were i mean the fact we might have overall been slightly bigger than they were they did have a a senior quarterback who was very athletic that hurt us and there was basically he killed us on on runs basically on counter plays up the middle um, that, that hurt us and just, but the overall aggressiveness, I think once they, you know, we, we had a decent drive going that ended again after a first down and right about midfield, they, we did go forward on fourth down. Uh, they took over about midfield and then just marched down, punched it, punched us in the mouth and scored. I think that took a little wind of ourselves. And then the very next time when we, the very next possession, we throw an interception and they come down and make it, I think we, they actually, I think we blocked that extra points. I mean, it was 13, nothing. It, it, that, that's kind of you could see the boys starting to doubt and you know it, it's that's disheartening you know as a senior you know when I talked to my son a little bit about it afterwards you know you want to see guys I, I'm not for public chewings but sometimes they, they may have to be done I'm not for 15 yard personal foul penalties but every once in a while you may need to get one to fire up your team I mean there just was none of that I mean we played straight laced and and which I the pro- fired the fired up team was Silverdale Yes, yes. And I think that's what you would Well, and, and, and let me say this, and I'm going to have a complaint here too. This is a neutral site field. Okay, yes. so we're both third seeds. We're both oh, three okay. seeds. Yes. We're both three seeds. So we're the three seed out of the west, they're the three seed out of the east. Correct. We meet in Nashville at a local site. Now, Matt, you tell me how smart this is. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't realize I was going in all this. I like so it. So it's at Lipscomb Academy sure. is where we played. Lipscomb right. Academy, Trent Dilfer is the head coach of Lipscomb Academy. We talked about that, yeah. yes. Guess who the winner – guess who they play the winner of next this week? They played they play Lipscomb Academy. Right. So Lipscomb Academy says, you know what, guys, y'all can play on our field. We're just going to scout both of you because we're playing the winner. How smart is that? That's that's not, brilliant. Okay. Brilliant. So that's oh, first of all. Smart. Yeah, yeah, sure. Come play on our yeah, field. Play on our field. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Mitchell site. Yeah, we'll be right here. We're just going to watch y'all. They had like they have an indoor practice facility, right. which is ridiculous. They were they had a second floor balcony where the coaches were just sitting up there just watching, filming. Which is which is okay to I, do. I, it is, but I mean, make them travel thirty miles to watch you play. I mean, you know. But anyway, so that, that very nice. Thank you, Lipscomb, for hosting us and also scouting us. Um, but that happened. So, but we're supposed to be a neutral site, Matt. 
It was their fight song on the PA. Ooh. They had Seahawks screeches after the wow. downs. The announcer only called their names. So it would be, you know, our guy, like even on our 60-yard touchdown, it was not touchdown Darius Naylor. It was, you know, at the – I think they, that was the extra point they may have blocked. And it was like, uh, Alex Jones, block. And I'm like – This is unbelievable. I, 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 I'm, it getting, was, I'm getting it was really there, It was there. I mean, when I'm, I'm dead serious. Oh, never, the, never said our kid's name. It was when they made a tackle, everything was Mike Jones. Like – all night long. That's all. And we were, and so we were having, like, there was one parent down the way who every time our kids would do something would scream out their name. I mean, it was, I don't understand. So who do you, I mean, all right, so, all right fine. So North Point needs to be on the phone. Jim Ferguson needs to be on the phone with I mean, they had from a the better team. record, but it, it was the matter. same seed at a neutral site. Doesn't matter. Yeah, this is a neutral site. TSAA, this needs to be complained about because it's not, at a certain point you look up and you, you, everybody traveled to this neutral site, but you're telling me the announcers are a certain way, the fight song's yeah. a certain way. I mean, come screeches, on now. Screeches, that's, screeches, no, that's, no, that's unbelievable. That, yeah, that's, and so it just, that's pitiful, Again, man. that's not going to check the fight on the no, game. It we, we got it handed to us, but it was, that was, the whole thing was just kind of let sour taste in our mouth, and all I can say, and I told us, I said, man, look, when you talk to the freshmen, you talk to the sophomores, pray that they play them as seniors again. Yeah. And just, and just they can remember that, you know, pass that on to them. But again, I'm, I, I love watching them play, and it was, a, it was a good season just because they got to play 11 games. I have heard that the Memphis private school ranks kind of gets the shaft when it comes to the TSAA, yes. TSSAA stuff. So I'm not even saying North Point or whatever. You know, maybe some of the Blue Bloods, the Christian Brothers, and ECS, it could be a bit different. But still, that's just, that just sucks, man. It's, not, it's, it's wrong. Yep. You can't call it neutral field or neutral site. And all right, well, let me ask you, who went in the visitor and who went in the homes? Oh, they were on the home side. Okay, they were on the home side. <laughs> I mean, all right, so they, like, they were home on the home side. side. Chairback seats. So I mean, you guys, is nice. So, so y'all literally had to go to the other side. When you, when you got there, it was done. The visiting team, y'all were the visiting team. Yeah, I mean, That's when, when we That's pulled terrible. up, we pulled up. So we got there at five. We ate, and by the way, Lipscomb University, very nice yes. university. Oh, absolutely. So I'd never been there before. Very nice university, very nice neighborhood it's in. Yes. So we went to Lipscomb. So they had a Chick-fil-A in the food court. We ate there in the food court. Sure. It was cold, so we stayed an hour in the food court to stay warm. We, we pulled up to the field about 10 after 6, after eating there for about 30, 45 minutes. And when we pull up, we park. We kind of roll the window down. Like, there's Silverdale people pulling in between us, and we kind of look, and we say, oh, there's two or three families. I guess we're on the visitor side because we saw some blue over there. Yeah, sure. As I'm rolling my window down, they are practicing the screech over the loudspeaker, and I'm like, that wait. unbelievable. Wait, wait, they have a screech? And then as I look over there, they have a band, and they have, um, again, they're already sitting in the, in the home side. And I'm like, okay, so we can we sit on the other side of the home side, or do we have to go to the visitor side? And then within – 20 minutes of, you know, like when the, the game's about to start 20 minutes and you're hearing the announcers and you're hearing the, it was, Starting you knew on. what was going on. You knew well, what was going on. Let me go. This Friday night, I will be keeping up with how bad, I hope Lips can beat some 97 to nothing. They, they, they will. I hope they beat them 97 <laughs> to nothing. And I hope they have to sit their butts on the visitor side. Obviously they do because it's Lips school. Yeah. But man, that, that, that just stinks, man. I mean, seriously. There were no issue with their but fans. That doesn't matter. But it yeah. was just, it was just having it catered to Absolutely. them. That's terrible. When, when we're both the same seed right. coming from the same distance. Quote unquote, neutral field, quote unquote, third seed. That's a bunch of BS, man. That, that really sucks. I, I texted your son after the game. 
game, told him to keep his head up. Uh, you know, it is what it is. So, like you said, you got to play 11 games when there's some kids that still aren't even playing out there across the country. It's really uh, awesome. So, good job for the North Point Trojans to make the playoffs. We do have one more team that we cover. Uh, the Hernando Tigers will be traveling to the Startville Yellow Jackets this coming Friday. We will talk about the playoff game this Friday. We'll preview it on our show coming up later on this week. Congratulations to the Hernando Tigers for making the playoffs. I know they're working hard, Derek, to get as many fans down there as they can. Cheerleaders, dance team, charter bus, that type of stuff. They're working to get as many people down there to start well as they can for what potentially could be Zach Wilkie and the seniors' last game. Definitely will be pulling on for here the UTW podcast. Again, congratulations to the North Point Trojans. Congratulations especially to Bo Big Lane, a friend of the UTW podcast. Look, if you enjoy our show each and every Tuesday and Friday, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. Wherever you can hear our voice, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, give us a five-star review. Give us a five-star review and help us continue to move up when it comes to local podcasts. If you have any interest in advertising with the UTW Podcast, we'd love to sit down, visit with you, talk to you about the different things that we have going on. Send us an email, underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. That's underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com so we can send you an advertising packet from Rooster Production, the owner of the UTW Podcast. If you enjoy our show, you would really enjoy our brother podcast, OB Pod, covering the eastern side of DeSoto County, Center Hill, Lewisburg, and Olive Branch, talk about those different football teams, cover those schools, the eastern side of Olive Branch, covered by the OB Pod. Look them up wherever you can hear our voice. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time, Under the Water Tower. Dropped off a pretty soon.